In this episode of the Dr. E Show, we explore the fascinating and some say controversial topic of breatharianism. This idea that some people, such as certain yogis or qigong masters, may be able to cultivate such high energy states that they can go for long periods with little or no physical food. Full disclaimer: This episode is not here to suggest anybody stop eating. Please. Do not engage in prolonged fasting without careful research and preparation, safety precautions, and professional supervision. This show and our community is all about making smart, healthy choices, taking personal responsibility, and creating well-being on all levels. So please, always safety first. Hello, this is Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Welcome to the Dr. E Show, a show exploring the frontiers of our human possibilities in areas like health and wellness, science and spirituality, quantum biology, and conscious living, so that together we can awaken the best of ourselves and create our most joyful and fulfilling lives. If you've been listening to this show for a while now, chances are that you're a pioneer in your community. You're someone who thinks often about how to break free from the mold, break free from old limitations, break free from the so-called matrix. Well, I have a very, very special treat for you today. Someone whose life is the very example and embodiment of this kind of freedom. So. Please close all your other apps and turn up the volume because my guest today is world-renowned Qigong and meditation master Eli Tom Elamin. Eli Tom is perhaps best known as an American trailblazer in something called breatharianism or pranic living. He has mastered the art and science of living directly on qi, light, or prana. Without the need for physical food. Full disclaimer: This interview is not here to recommend anybody stop eating, of course. So please do not engage in prolonged fasting without careful preparation and professional supervision. Instead, Ellie Tom's example and teachings open us to brand new possibilities in the magic and wonder of life. Today, Eli Tom travels all around the world, sharing his unique blend of wisdom, healing technology, laughter, and humor, bursting hearts and minds open everywhere he goes. So, please help me in welcoming the author of "It's Okay to Be Healthy" and "Human Photosynthesis 101," the man who has the most awesome and infectious laugh I have ever heard, the one, the only, Eli Tom Elamin. Yeah. Hey, hi there. I'm so glad on that great introduction you gave. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll do my best to fulfill. <laughs> well, so some of our audience have heard of you, of course, but some of us are new to you. Could you please give us an introduction? How a guy from Ohio, who grew up in a family that ate lots of heavy soul food. Became a qigong master that lives on light. Tell us about your background, your journey. Oh, absolutely. Well, this particular journey started because of health problems. I found myself on the standard American diet, 
and I began to keep gaining weight. However, everybody in my reality was overweight, so I thought it was normal. But then again, there's something inside me say, you know better than this. You're too young to be like this in this type of condition. Yeah. So I began to really worry about my health, and my health really felt bad. Then one day a man just walked up to me because this is the universe. When you really want to learn something, it sends people and resources to you. So he told me, just leave me alone. When he told me that, I was so desperate at the time, I did it right away. And sure enough, as I changed my diet and went to something lighter, I began to see myself lose weight. I began to feel better. And that right there, I could say, started my journey dealing with different types of food and relationship to my body. How long ago was that beginning? This was about 18 years ago. Wow. Decades. Wow. So to tell about people's journey, usually when the, the system is invisible until it goes down. So just like anybody, when, you're, when you get in trouble mentally or physically, that's when you start seeking answers. So when I seen that magic take place on my body, I began to seek higher level uh, diet changes. So I went and learned more about live and raw foods, dealing with the enzymes. Uh, then I began to learn more about meditation. And this is what led me to be who I am now in a Qigong and meditation master. Of course, everybody, they learn the little things about the energy centers, the chakras, but then it's about taking it seriously, yeah. really putting it to work for you. Yes. And that's what I did. <laughs> so over a period of time, I've seen these different meditations really improve my health, opening up these energy centers and channels. And I understood that there's something to this. There's a relationship on meditation, and it should bring forth health, and also coupled with diet. So as I put all of this together, one day I'm proud of myself because I'm 80% live and raw foods, and this woman walked up to me and said, oh, but there's breatharians. There's people who don't live without food. And I said, what? Wait a minute. (laughs) I got to go find out more about this. Now, in my mind, there was no doubt that this was uh, impossible because I've already seen the magic of changing my lifestyle. I've already seen the magic of working with energy. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I was not a skeptic at all. I wanted to go and make this happen, but I wanted to go find more information. So immediately I went on the internet, and at that time, close to two decades ago, uh, there wasn't that much information like it is today. And I make that happen, too, to put as much information out there as possible so people won't have to go through what I went through. Right. But anyway, I did was lucky enough to find a book by Jasmine Heen dealing with living on light in the 21-day process. Real good writing of the time, which helped me to get where I'm at now. So anyway, as I read the book and really got into it, the only difficulty I had was, due to my life at the time, just starting a job, getting married. I could not take 21 days off. Mm -hmm. Oh, what am I going to do? But I remember by me putting this application and diet, seeing these improvements, uh, me exploring energy work, the different forms of it, dealing with the energy centers, chakras, nadis, really learning all of this and what this is about. I realized that I have access to energy. It's free. And with will and dedication and the right knowledge, I can make this happen. So I took the process of actually lightening up my diet, uh, bringing in more energy and chi within the body in my lifestyle, not overdoing it, 
not starving yourself, really going deeper into listening to my body. And mm -hmm. each stage I went to, the way the indication you know you're bringing more energy into your body is by your health. That's an indicator. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't go backwards. You shouldn't look anorexic. You should be able to get energetically stronger, physically stronger. Do you understand? <laughs> That's so good. Is in preparation of the 21-day process, you started just really focusing on optimizing your energy system first before you even entered the 21-day process. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the thing very about that. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And some man just asked me yesterday about the 21-day process versus the uh, process I was just telling you about, about lightening up your diet. Yes. I said they're combined. Because eventually, if you stay on the process of working on yourself or working on your health, you do have the ability, eventually, you're going to meet a 21-day process and beyond. Because you have the ability to bring a higher light quotient into the body where you will eat very less or none at all. Now, for those who don't know what breatharianism is or it is new to them, it's not about leaving food alone altogether. And actually, food is a small aspect on what we're talking about, on bringing more light into the body. Mm. A breatharian is basically a person who has worked towards living a stress-free life physically, emotionally, and mentally. When that stress leaves the body, it automatically brings more light into the body. And what we mean by that is because we are part of nature, your body of self-sustaining. And once you become more in alignment with nature, it automatically, naturally will bring more light into the body. And by you knowing that you can take us to that direction now, before we didn't know. So there was this roof on us. But now you're saying, I can bring this in for my health, wellness, and well-being, and it will better your whole life. And the indicators you'll see is better health, mental clarity, and you will actually be happy because health, light, and living on prana it's all happiness down the board. And that's usually what human beings seek in order to live a good life. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you created a really powerful foundation of taking beautiful care of your health. You are already raw, most 80% raw, 100% vegan. Right. And meditating lots, taking great care of your health before Absolutely. you started the 21-day process. Before I even started it, and due to the uh, group I was with, I was with a, a Hebrew group at the time that had, they kept the Shabbat, and in their policy, it was fasting once a week. So therefore, I also had that in my lifestyle. Now, to tell you about that, when people call me now about what should I begin, where should I do, I tell them immediately to fast once a week. What that does, it works discipline within the mind, uh, try to keep a set day, and usually when you come in just fasting once a week in your lifestyle, um, at first it's hard, you know, start where you're at. But over a period of time, your body will get used to that new cycle and you'll find yourself not eating, not drinking, going through a whole day and it become easy. That's another indication that light, more light is into your body. So we do have a body intelligence and we are creatures of habits. When you start developing a new habit, of course, it always starts out awkward, but over a period of time, that habit becomes easy, simple, and then you can work on taking more days. Too many people find out that you can live without eating or they'll learn about it, and they want to 
immediately take all these big days like they're going to become a breatharian. It does not work like that because it's working on a physical level. It's working on us emotionally, on a cellular level, cleaning out old traumas. This is all part of the process. Not eating is a byproduct of you're working on your emotional and mental condition. Yes. Hallelujah. Of, Thank you. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people have to understand this yeah. because I, I got to say this, the last uh, 21 day processes, and I'm not stepping on nobody's toes, have been kind of failures at the time because people were just coming and focusing on the food aspect and they were just doing fast, prolonged fast. Wondering why they're not being sustained by the forces. Yes. That brings up controversy because what it does is um, say that there's something wrong with the process. People are lying. But you got to keep in mind that our bodies does not lie. Our bodies always tell the truth with nature. Even lie detector tests and psychologists will tell you this. Yes. So the body matrix is always telling the truth on how it's coordinating with nature. Mm-hmm. So when you start working and aligning this body matrix, it will naturally bias nature, because that's what it does, bring more light into the body. This is what it's all about. Really deeply working on ourselves and trusting yourself, because the truth is in us. (laughs) Wow, okay. So then you went ahead and did the 21-day process, which traditionally you take 21 days off completely to do this prolonged fasting practice. But you couldn't do that. You were newly married. You had a little kid already at that time. Absolutely, yes. To provide for your family. So you worked a normal life. That is amazing. While you did the 21 days. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And see, some of the things about it, when you take on something new like this, let's just go back to when I became a vegan and uh, I left the meat salon and I began to lose weight. Yes. Um, I lost like 20 pounds from like 190 to 170, which was normal, which was good in the eyes of the medical profession and myself. Mm-hmm. But the people around me back then, due to that was different, said, uh, you lost too much weight. You're sick. Because in their reality, that was not supposed to happen. So you always would get something on that type of level. So even when I brought more live and raw foods in, you know, people's belief system is you only could get B12 and B6 from eating meats. <laughs> but right now, that's from a couple decades till now, it's become a reality more and more across the line. We defeated that. But even when I want live and raw foods, I lost like another 20 pounds. Uh, kilos, I don't know how that's converted. I'll get it one day. <laughs> but anyway... I was still normal to the live and raw community, but for people around me, oh, you lost too much weight. They had to get used to seeing my new pattern. Once they got used to seeing it, now they say he's healthy. But it took a while when that uh, new vision or that new body that you brought out, sort of like carving a sculpture out of a tree, oh, something's wrong with it because people didn't see it before. Now I'm down to 120 pounds, which is amazing. Still in my BMI from 190 to 120, and I'm food free. The body, the way you know it's getting more pran in the body, you would uh, gain more energy. Therefore, you'll sleep less, and therefore, your weight would become uh, stagnant where it won't go no lower. Mm-hmm. That shows you how much light you're bringing into the body. 
Those are the indicators right there. <laughs> so how do you deal with your own doubting thoughts as you go through the transition? Because you're kind of like straddling the old world and the new world. And sometimes you, you, you have doubts. Is this really working? I, I would like to believe that right. I can transition lighter, 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 but no, <laughs> the media starts telling you, you got to eat meat, you know? Um, right. What advice do you have for those of us to, to feel confident that we're on the right path? I'm glad you brought that up because this is a big question that comes up. Breatharian or living a pranic lifestyle is like an advanced yoga. When you go to stretch your leg, you're going to go to your limit where you're doing just enough to get that energy flowing and really work on the tension, but not too much where you hurt yourself. Yes. Oh, over a period of time, when you come back, you'll find out that you could go down even lower. But again, you put enough tension that you could get a good workout, but back up, not to hurt yourself. Always remember everything you do on transforming yourself, even if it's for the better, you always got to keep in mind safety first. When you start challenging yourself at that type of level, your doubt and your unbelief and your fear will naturally leave because you've seen that you just did this work on your own. Yes. You understand? Yeah. Too many people go too fast, and that's why all these injuries, um, these doubts and unbeliefs and fear is there because you're trusting somebody else's div divinity or their walk, and you're not really putting yourself to a true challenge. This is why this is sort of like a advanced yoga, an advanced Tai Chi. You stay consistent and watch the energy work for you. And just, uh, you could need some type of, you want to enjoy the journey. So of course, still enjoy those foods that you love until your body energetically make that change. You will know it will. Again, the truth is in you. And your old desire, yes, there's some good tasting foods out there. That's a desire. And it brings forth craving. But the more you stay consistent with the light, your ego, which is your physical body, which is a program, will automatically start shifting to that new feeling, that new light that comes in, and it will override that old feeling that food gave you. And that's a good thing. The ego is just shifting itself, but it's due to consistency, consistency, consistency. And take it easy and enjoy yourself. Great. I love it. It's, I love that you have such a moderate, gentle, level-headed approach to something that most people think is totally crazy. Absolutely. But, but you Absolutely. can see that you're very practical, grounded, Absolutely. very normal human being. There's nothing, you're, you're making this the new normal, really. The new normal. Because like I say, a lot of people want to say eating is un unnatural. No, it's not. It's sort of like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. You're making a transition from a person who used to get their sustenance from the earth, and now you're getting it from the resources of the air. You're becoming that, from that caterpillar to a butterfly. So both of them are normal depending on where you're at. Now, just like overeating and stuff like this, that's just you abusing uh, the foods. It takes knowledge to eat just like it takes knowledge not to eat. But it's still on the same uh, scale, depending on where you're at and how you take it or how you want to apply it to your life. Yes. See, living a breath, air, and lifestyle, that's why, let's give the definition. 
It comes from the ancient word of anidia, which means eating very little or none at all. Now, listen at that term, very little. And we're not just talking about eating once a day, which that still qualifies, we understand this, but you can eat once every three days, once a week. That's still a breatharian because you broke the norm of what gives you health. You're still uh, functioning normally. People have to understand this because a lot of breatharians don't want to come out into the public face because as soon as they sit down with some friends and drink a tea, oh, I thought you didn't need to drink. And they went, what, a week already, okay, walking around and stuff like this. So people are ignorant and people don't want to take that type of uh, bashing on themselves. Right. However, my, myself, I took this as a ministry now or a mission to really educate humanity more and more on this so it can make it better for future generations. I feel glad that a whole lot of younger people in their early 20s is coming to my retreats. They can earn, learn this understanding. They're better in their lives by keeping health focused. And due to the technology, our external technology, they're understanding, okay, there's wireless energies you cannot see. Not only we're dealing with the devices and equipment we made, our bodies is dealing with it. It always been here. This is what we call spirit. This is what you're working on. So it's a lot of fun for them when they can start doing energy work, making chi balls, healing themselves. Now keep in mind, healing yourself. That is a powerful step right there. Don't jump in, uh, I want to be food free if you can't even heal yourself from your present state during and now. Mm-hmm. Do that first and learn your power. Grab back your power. And breatharianism is just a product of energetic health. It's on the same line. You're just taking it to another level. That's all. Before it had a roof on it because we didn't know this other part. But now, since you know there's another part, you can bring health to its absolute manifestation. Because this is, like how we say in religion, the temple of God. <laughs> of course the temple has form. It has, uh, what, discipline to it. But it's also filled with light. It's filled with a light being. You're manifesting this on the planet. You're living it. You're feeling it. It's a feeling. And it feels good. And it will outweigh your old habits. If you stay on this path and it's fun. <laughs> Tell us about the fun Absolutely. part because that's what I feel I love the most about you is that you're fun. You have this awesome laugh. You joke around, but also you're <laughs> like crazy serious and just committed <laughs> and so consistent on this path. And it doesn't look like. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't look like discipline in the old sense of word. It just se- seems like you are aligned. You're aligned right. and that energy just flows and keeps moving you forward. There's, it, you put in the work and the hours, but it doesn't look like work when we, we watch your videos and your teachings. Oh, absolutely. Now that word discipline sounds so rigid, yes. so hard. Yes. And what we're saying is, as you start out creating new habits in your life, there's always that challenge. So let's use the word a practice. You're putting a new practice into your life. And it does take effort at first. But over a period of time, that discipline on that practice becomes part of your identity. So it's not a hard effort anymore. It's an allowing. In other words, when I do Qigong daily, that's like naturally like brushing your teeth, uh, putting on your clothes. So it's not a hard work no more. It's the easy allowing. And that's the state you want to be in as you're working with delight. So... (laughs) So 
the fun part is we as humans like separating things. Uh, we got the physical body, everybody can relate to that, the mental body, the emotional body, the spirit. We separate it, but in reality, it's all one. It's all one. And the fun part is when you're dealing with your thought process, where you're doing goals in life and you're creating things, back when you didn't know this knowledge of that you are a light being by your nature, you put in so much effort into doing things and that made it a drag. And there's a lot of people who never fulfill. Uh, a lot of things they really like to do. Uh, there's a lot of people who will never find their purpose here. And when you're on this path, you start learning your purpose. And you really start having now the time and the energy to complete things you really want to do. That's what makes it fun. And mm -hmm. it takes little effort because our thoughts are electrical, magnetic. And when you put these thoughts out through a clean vessel, you'll see things that you really want to create and do come to you at an instant <laughs> and it's really great this will make some fun no effort you're one you're in tune you're in alignment and this is what start taking place so of course you don't want to go back to that old lifestyle of so much survival so much fear-based frequency that comes with that frequency this other frequency has a lot of joy happiness uh a lot of ease and then again like we said when you take a lot more stress out of your physical body, your emotional body, or your mental body, mm -hmm. that brings more light into the body. So that's actually the definition of a breatharian, a stress-free person. <laughs> it's awesome. I have yeah. a question though. I've noticed myself and a lot of the clients and patients I work with, you know, intermittent fasting is quite popular now. So I know a yeah. lot of people in our community are getting great results with intermittent fasting and that's always a wonderful beginning to all of this and everybody myself included notices that when we fast we are much more sensitive to energies and so yes. we get greater results from our qigong or yoga or meditation but we're also sensitive to all the negativity going on in the world and sometimes it's too painful to feel all of right. that and then we want to go back to eating because it's too hard to we don't even <laughs> It's so intense, some of the suffering that's happening on the planet sometimes, that we can't handle it. And right. Almost go back to eating so we don't have to feel quite so deeply and intensely into all of it. I think all of us can relate to that. Let's be honest. We use exactly. We're not necessarily hungry, mm -hmm. but we want to dull our sensitivity. Absolutely. What advice do you have about that? Okay, when we deal with our different energy centers, and you said intimate fasting, so of course your aura is going to lighten up. Yes. It's going to get bigger. It's going to be more harmonized. And one of the main centers that's, that's, that's the biggest that's coming from our body is our heart chakra. And when that opens up, that's more like on a universal level, and it fills all of that negativity, just what you're saying. So you want to numb yourself back down a little, even though you're not hungry on everything that uh, goes on. But this is the great part. On this shift of your thought process now of how you're needed to be awake. See, when you make changes within the matrix and start holding that frequency, even though you're not there, as you see these uh, things going on, you're changing the consensus reality. You're changing the frequency of the planet, of others around you, because you're the light of the world. You're bringing it in. 
And when you can start bringing that into, it's crucial now for you to stay awake instead of dumbing yourself down. You understand? You're doing more changes than ever that you don't even see. So this is another boost of how we should say of responsibility. Now, that's a deep word. I just did a teaching on it in that retreat. It's two words put into one. You're responding to your ability. So therefore, when you come into that feeling of lightness and you're bringing in those energies, you also have the power to transmute them. You're the one that's needed in this realm. So once you understand that that type of job is taking place, that should actually uh, be a motivator now instead of going uh, numbing yourself back down, taking it personal, because this is actually the light situation. The light will take care of it. But it also brought us forward to be at that position, you understand, because it has, it has trust in you to bring you there. Now, you have to just bring that perception in that you're here for a reason. You made it to this level for a reason. And by you allowing yourself now to be comfortable, to keep that shield open, to transform these energies, that should bring another height to yourself to stay on that path because that's part of your life purpose. You're taking yourself to another level. It's like your own personal reward. I had to go through it too, going back and forth with that until I realized, stay, stay awake, take it. And then when I seen this, I found myself, as soon as I walk in the room, everybody feels you coming. Yes. You can see the light in everybody you're talking to. Even if other people saying they're a bad person, you're communicating with their light and they can't really get over on you. They want to help you now. So this is our responsibility and our mission to just take it to another level slowly and stop putting ourselves back to sleep. <laughs> wow, that, that is so powerful. So <laughs> this, this allowing life to show us that we're always at the right place at the right time, that if we, if Absolutely. we feel, um, if we feel something intensely, it's because we are supposed to be the solution, part of the solution Absolutely. to that problem. And don't fall back asleep to be part of the problem again. That's really the essence of what exactly. you're Exactly. Because every situation in life is for our growth. This is why one of my great quotes is, the universe is user-friendly. Yes. You're there for a reason. This is your purpose. <laughs> wow. So, wow. So go, go to a very practical um, question. How do we harmonize with our friends and family who maybe are doubting or disagreeing with our lifestyle choices? Is it that when oh, you bring the light, they automatically wake up in the presence of so much light that they will shift and they will be able to see? Is that how it oh, works? Absolutely. Or do they say, do we have no control over that? Oh, absolutely. There's two things to this. There's that parable about, you remember the people in the cave? The one guy went out, met the sunlight. It kind of burned him or hurt him, but he got used to it. But when he went back to go tell everybody else, they got angry at him, mad at him. So it's the same with us when we learn some type of new enlightenment and we bring it back to our families and friends. We're thinking everybody will be happy, but we meet this opposition. <laughs> and that's normal. Because it's new to everybody. Uh, they didn't see that before. Then, of course, um, there's an envy and jealousy that will come up, which is normal and natural, because who are you to pick it up before everybody else got a hold of it? 
So those different emotions come in and they usually come into anger because it's easier to be angry at somebody than to be envious or jealous. That's why it comes into that other phase. But the way to build this bridge, and this is a mistake with a lot of people who find some type of enlightenment come, you try to force it on the others or try to expect them to go this route. And that's not the right route to take. The right route to take is, through my experience, is just live your life. Everybody already sees you. You do more being a teacher from example than verbal. Yes. People see you. And usually people want to, even if you told them the truth and they won't do it, it's because they want to own it for themselves. Yes. That's just normal. They want to feel that they found it. So allow them to do that. And even being a, a breatharian or living on prana, you always can be that. There's times, try to find a barrier where you still could be with family and friends, enjoy foods with them when necessary, you understand? Because when you leave that situation, they're still in that other cycle of eating, but you can go clean out in no time. You're another type of being. So try to find a barrier instead of separating yourself, because I see so many people on a spiritual path to do that, and they're blaming their family or friends, and I'm telling them, you're the problem. <laughs> Straighten out your own problem and learn how to be more sociable and build that bridge because it's up to you. And you will gain a lot more people in your favor over a period of time. I even went through a situation where I thought everybody in the family was really against me and come to find out to other people, they were bragging about me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they won't tell you. But the formula is just live your life. They see you already. That's called the silent ministry. And then when they do have a question, They'll come ask you because they know you're representing that type of angle within your life. Because when you're dealing with information, let's take veganism. It once had a real big challenge uh, in a society once upon a time. Now you got McDonald's with a vegan burger. It took time for it to get there. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just like the other wave of these things. Uh, even a B6 and B12, we only could get it from meats. You get on the internet now to show you all these vegetables, all these fruits that have it. The opposition is coming down. Yeah. Now when we're dealing with prana and breatharianism, especially the way I explain it, when a person comes to me, even if they are, are uh, uh, what you call that, a critic, critics are good, or you know, a person is doubting. Once it's explained, they come out of there saying, no doubt, I see it. It's the way it's explained. It's the way we deal with people. And a good thing about this, it has a method to it. You get this method to a person, they can work with the light themselves, and there's no doubt. You don't have to look at what somebody else is doing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's here for everybody, and this is what's sustaining everybody. Yeah, that's a really good point, because the critics come to us, and they help us clarify how it all works, right? They ask us smart questions. Absolutely. Like, wow, if I'm still fumbling to explain it, maybe I don't really understand it. Let me go more deeply into this and contemplate a better answer, and then I learn from that process. So it's always a win-win situation. And that goes back to what we say. Every situation is for your growth. So when you see that opposition or those critics coming, it's for you to grow. <laughs> so they're helping you. <laughs> wow. This so should be able to be explained. 
I think I, my mind is being blown and new circuitries are forming. And I think our audience also is probably, wow, so many, so many new connections being made. I'd love if we switch gears a little bit. I recently heard you talk about mental fasting. Oh, absolutely. Physical fasting. Can you, you know, because our community, we talk, as you've noticed, a lot of our interviews and our different um, live webinars are about mind mastery. But this concept oh, absolutely. mental fasting, can you introduce that to us? Well, people usually can comprehend we are what we eat. What you put in your body, they can comprehend that. So when they learn about physical fasting, okay, let me get rid of this toxicity, and it makes changes on the physical body. But one thing for sure, it also gives you clarity of thought over a period of time. So we understand that part now when that's understood. And like you said, intimate fasting is really on the rise now. But now mental fasting, that's a whole nother ball game. So now our thoughts create our reality. Sometimes that's a new concept of people, but that's even catching on more and more. Yes. And mental fasting is dealing with the person that you have the most conversations with in this life is yourself. There's always this dialogue going on in our head. And there's always this one dialogue, there's one voice in our head that will take a situation and blow it all out of proportion. You know, the boss want to talk to you today. Oh boy, you're fired now. <laughs> Your spouse want to talk to you. Oh, their look on their face looked real serious. I wonder what this is about. That's what that voice says to you. So it's that voice, that negative voice is the one we want to fast from. And what that means is you allow him to talk but you don't give them no energy. You don't give them no power. And you start training yourself to do that. This is called a mental fast. But this is one of the toughest fasts around. This is actually tougher than a physical fast. You could take three days, seven days, and give yourself a, over that period of time, do not give no power to that negative voice that's in you, that's overblowing situations. And even when we talked about earlier about the negative things that's taking place on the planet, are they really negative? Because that's the light's problem. Don't give it power or energy. Observe it. Look at it. Don't even judge it. That goes with the territory. And this is the hardest fast it is, because you might go two days real good, that there's something that really got you, and you're on it. Then you got to start over. So a three-day fast or a seven-day fast could end up being two weeks long, a wow. month long. <laughs> but you're retraining yourself to observe life situations instead of judging it, instead of jumping on a bandwagon, choosing what's good or bad about it. And it's just the energy. That's all it is. It will soon leave us. It's sort of like the media. I call it the blues report when we watch the news. <laughs> it's good at showing you all the negativity. It's so overwhelming. But it takes even knowledge on how to look at that. Just look at it. It's just the energy. It does not have to be stuck with you. So this is the power of mental fasting. And what that starts doing is, since your thoughts create your reality, everything that starts coming to you is good. It's not garbled anymore. Because you can tell the difference between thoughts that resonate with you from the ones that don't resonate with you. There's no yeah. doubt in your mind. Yeah. Because that answer the feeling is in your heart it's in your focus so you start becoming one with yourself because keep in mind that your mind 
is your physical body. Yes, physical fasting does changes the thinking, but we got to understand that the thinking changes the physical body. Yes. This is what makes breatharianism so powerful. You're working on the physical body, but also the mental body at the same time. Yes, the person is starved to death if they don't know that they could be food free. They could do great harm to their uh, body when they don't understand some nutritional things that they need for the body. Yes. But once that mind opens up and it puts that energy, a magnetized energy in this new idea of bringing energy, bringing light to it, it changes the whole ball game on how the physical body actually acts. So there is a jump from a nutritionist standpoint, from an energetic chemical standpoint of what the body can do by its nature. And that's the jump. But it deals with this mental mind, this education, letting go and allowing. And it's a whole nother ball game. And mental fasting actually helps with that process. Wow. So it's as if the physical fasting is there to support the mental fasting. And then the mental right. fasting gets you to a certain state where you, your physical necessities start to fade away. Absolutely. So it's Absolutely. kind of like the, the physical fasting is just a little baby prep step for the real game, which is all the mental aspect. Oh, absolutely. Everything kind of happens. So if people can master their mind in whatever way works right. for them, then a lot of these side effects will unfold naturally, but sometimes eating too much foods weighs your mind down and makes it even harder to do the mind mastery work. And we all met that, and see, you gotta bring a best within into that. Because we all met that person who has a lovely mind, but they don't care nothing about the physical body. Right. Okay. And then you see the body person who concentrates on the physical body, but don't work on their mind. Right. So both of them still run into these difficulties, even though they're specializing in one area. Well, you could get that balance to work on the physical body and work on the mind and bring them together. You will have better results, faster results, and you'll be a more balanced human being. Wow, so you've been on this journey for 18 years. Can Absolutely. you tell us, is there a typical day? What is your day-to-day -day life cycle like? You know, you, <laughs> you sleep, how much are you meditating, um, your teachings? What's your schedule and life like now? There was a time I would have answered this and said, oh, I'm normal just like everybody else, but I'd have lost it. <laughs> I was just here at the retreat I was teaching, and sometimes they got to stop me because everybody got to take a bathroom break and I forget. <laughs> so it was not normal. <laughs> and, uh, but this is what it deals with. When I wake up in the morning, of course, stretching and stuff like this is natural. And the reason why that's natural, sort of like an animal in the animal kingdom. When a dog or a cat gets up, it stretches by its nature. Yes. Stretching the organs, bringing energy in the body. So that's like natural for me. And how should I say my day goes? Breakfast is not there. You don't think about that. So that's out of the picture. So you're basically have a schedule. Let me, oh my gosh. Lunch is not there. You got more time on your hands. That's basically what I could say. When I go to different places, you ain't thinking about carrying food. You ain't thinking about carrying water. So the taste totally different where you always could think about yourself. Now for me, a typical day is I'm always working on my projects. Somebody asked me last week, well, what do you do with your time? And I said, well, I'm about to start a retreat. That's a lot of work. <laughs> and 
you know, and I'm about to go to India here shortly. I got to prepare for that. So for me, I'm busy. Even if I'm sitting down drawing a picture, to me, that's work or playing my guitar. Mm -hmm. So you got a whole nother lifestyle altogether. Basically, I tell people I'm living in heaven. When your perception changes and you understand you're living in a playground of joy, of delight, because we're creatures of pleasure and delight, uh, you're living in heaven, basically. <laughs> you're doing what you want to do. Um, we went to the waterfall yesterday with friends and stuff like this that I met here in Israel. Real nice time. So this is all goes with the package. Everything's here for you or what you want to do. What um, do you encounter struggles or challenges or hurdles on your path at the level that you're at? Uh, not really. Life is completely changed from how it used to be. Of course, you have increased stimuli, but it always works out of your favor. So you do live a life in heaven when you get to these levels of being food free, because those are actually putting blockages on your thought process. It opens up your mind. So like I said before, when you start thinking more clearly and have a positive outlook on life, everything is positive. So <laughs> if something happens that doesn't go your way, is your automatic thinking like, oh, well, there must be an even better way then. Oh, is exactly. How you react to these situations if life kind of throws you a curveball? Absolutely. All the time that happens, and it's for real, it gives you a better route. Because spirit or energy got so many ways on how to do things for you. Our limited thinking is saying, I should go from point A to point B. Yeah. But it got a thousand different ways to get you there. Yes. So when you let go and allow spirit to do this, this is why mental fasting helps so good. It always turns out better yeah. for you. A new direction on where you should go you never thought was possible. And this happens all the time. It sounds like a deep application of just physics because energy flows through the route of least resistance, right? So, exactly. So if life is trying to steer you in a different direction, it's because that's going to be better and easier. But sometimes our old thinking is Absolutely. So and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So I'd love to talk to you for hours and hours. Absolutely. But I know you have to go teach your workshop. So before I ask you our last question, could you tell us how we can follow your work, what new projects you're up to? What's, um, how can we stay connected with you? All right. I'm glad you brought that up. My website is www.elitomelamine.com. And on that website, I'm always keeping updated on the retreats I got coming up. I got a big one coming up in uh, India here shortly, and also uh, Egypt. I was just in Egypt, and it was a beautiful place dealing with the pyramids, high energy spots. So we're going to have our first breath-in retreat in Egypt. Going to the high energy points is totally different. So I always keep it updated as I travel around the world, different classes, workshops, I'm on Facebook, but I got a lot of people on there. You could try to <laughs> get on there. There's always somebody being deleted or deleting themselves also. So you probably could get some room coming on there. <laughs> okay. But anyway, just keep trying to follow me through the website. We also got a new package on dealing with sexual cultivation and also using the sun, uh, how powerful it is in our life. And that's a great uh, package we have now. Uh, on my website that's really helping a lot of people learning that sexual energy is also part of the pranic journey. That's a whole nother lesson within itself. 
<laughs> wow, maybe but we can have a separate conversation about that. I'm sure a lot of people would love to learn more. Oh, absolutely. Here at the retreat, I just planned on teaching for an hour, and that, that whole workshop went three hours just talking about that and how powerful it is. There's so much in a package. It is so beautiful. <laughs> Wonderful. So our very last question, the most important question of all, is if you were to distill down to one single piece of advice, one gem that you can give to our audience, what is the single most important advice you have for those of us that are on the journey of tapping into our next level of possibility? What's the number one most uh, important thing? Be easy on yourself. See, I don't even say love yourself because everybody got different definitions. Always be easy on yourself, which is loving yourself. And back to my uh, quote, the universe is user-friendly. Use that as a mantra. It's, a, it's here to help you. So is that a good enough question? That's awesome. Thank you so much. I love, I wish that we could talk for many more hours more, but I know you have to go back to teach your retreat. So I send all my right. love and gratitude to you guys and all the beautiful work that you're doing there and wishing you happy travels. Thank you for the amazing oh, absolutely. conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, friends. Did you love that interview? If you did, please leave a review and share with all your friends so that many more people can benefit from these game-changing insights. You can also go onto our website, dredithubuntu.com, and subscribe to our newsletter, where you'll receive free trainings and next-level ninja tools that we only share on our newsletter. Together, let's turn your life into a brilliant masterpiece.